welcome to VAFCast number three. I'm your host, Doug Reeves. Today, uh, we had the good fortune to talk to Axel Alvarez out in California. He built an RV4 and has a pretty neat job and, and a pretty interesting past. So, Axel, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you want to jump in the questions? You got them in front of you? Let's do it. Okay, the RV stuff. How did you find your way into the RV hobby? Describe the moment you knew you had to have your own RV. All right, so the uh, the way I found out about the RV hobby was via your website, actually. Oh, my uh, gosh. That, that, plays into, uh, that plays into how things have turned out for me uh, and, uh, and my continuing of RVing. So... <laughs> The, the moment that I figured out that I wanted to own an RV was, uh, it was not uh, one of those turn the light on moments, you know, aha moments as we call it. Uh, it was one of those uh, moments that is pretty typical of me. Lots of research went into it. Uh, lots of uh, internet research, lots of uh, publications. Uh, and originally, I was going to build a Lancair, uh, Lancer, either 360 or something like that, uh, because I've seen them and I, I thought that the lines and the aerodynamics behind it were just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful uh, airplane. Beautiful aircraft. The lines are just, you know, you look at it aerodynamically, not a lot of drag. Uh, but uh, I found out you have to do a lot of sanding. And uh, I, I, you know... <laughs> After building a couple of boats with my grandpa and seeing the fiberglass work and all that, I kind of start shying away from that. Yeah, I'm way I'm way too anal retentive to and too uh, clean freakish to get covered in a bunch of dust all the time. Yeah, so that's that kind of uh, swayed me away, and then I started going down the all right. Well, let's let's look at some metal stuff, and uh, I narrowed down to three different models. Uh, the Harman rocket, the F1 rocket, and then the RV series, and uh, more research. And after a long time, I went with the RV. I actually started building RV8. Uh, and the reason I chose that was because the lines, right? So the lines were also nice, and uh, everyone wants a P51, and that was the closest I was ever going to get to something like that. So yeah. uh, the uh, tandem spoke to me. So it was RV8. So that was the first first plane I, I built and uh, started heading down the RV uh, lifestyle, I guess. Well, but then at some point you uh, you end up in an RV4. So how, what was the transition? Right. So I uh, started with RV8 and I wanted to get flying. So uh, I thought that I could uh, get an rv4 kit going and also like the fact that i could drill my own holes and put them where i wanted so i actually had rv8 and rv4 kit at the same time and uh, i I finished building the rv8 airframe so the wings the fuse and um, the tail sold that and took that investment into the rv4 and I took my time with the RV4, uh, making it my own, so making it a fastback and doing all the mods that uh, I thought would clean up the lines and clean up the, the yeah. arrow a little bit more. Well, it is a beautiful airplane. Um, Thank you. 
what's your favorite non-RV aircraft? The AH-1 Cobra. That that is AH-1 Cobra. Oh my yeah. god. We're going to get to that in a little bit if you, if it's okay. Uh, talk about All your right. day job. What what you can talk about. Yeah. No um. Way. So you're building. You built the RV for. How long did it take you to build? Well, when do you want me to start? When do you want me to finish? Because <sighs> first, uh, first part shows up on your door from uh, UPS. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say, uh, uh, you know, it flew in, in 2015. So uh, let's say that's about 10 years of, of work there, nine, 10 years. But the reason I'm asking, when do you want me to finish is because I'm still building. <laughs> Yeah. First flight. <laughs> first flight, I guess. Yeah, first flight was in 2015. 2015. So that was about nine nine years and some change. And you know, if it, it flew with the fiberglass not painted, it's still flying like that. Uh, you know, it has primer now, so I'm I'm moving up in I'll, class. I'll put a right? picture of it up on the site here when oh, we go thanks. live with it. Um, how old were you when you started building it? Well, it would I be was, the eight the, when you ordered the eight. That was the yeah. First so game. I. I started at 29. 29. Started going. Yep, yep. Well, it's not that uncommon. I, I was 31 when I uh, ordered my first kit, so not too not too distant. Okay, so next question. You got into aviation for reason A, in quotes. Is that how it panned out, or did you find it ended up being something else than you expected? You know, you, you got into it to fly. But uh, for me, it... It ended up not really being about the flying as much as just the interaction with friends and meeting new people and and just I don't know. Did it turn out that way for you, or, or is it just mostly about the flying at this point because you're so new new to it? No. So the reason I got into it was uh, when I was 12 years old, I was asked at school in front of a bunch of parents, uh, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" Uh, so I said not knowing what I was saying, I said, Hey, I, I think I want to become an aerospace engineer. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to be the $6 million man. Yeah. I, I <laughs> you know, I didn't know what that meant, but I, I heard it somewhere and I thought that that was uh, pretty interesting. So I said that I was going to do that. And the second thing that I said was I'm going to build an airplane. And how so, old you, you were, how old when this happened? That was, I was 12 years old. 12, I don't geez. know why. I said that, but, uh, I did. And, uh, when I was in uh, test pilot school, my little sister, uh, gave me a call and she said, Hey, uh, you know, is it true that you said those things? And I told her I did. So, uh, she kind of lit a fire under me to, uh, build an airplane. So I was able to accomplish <laughs> the first one, which was to become an aerospace engineer. And then uh, many years later, she reminded me that that was something that I said. So I was, you know, okay, well, let's, let's try this. Right. Man. That's, that was the approach. And I started a bunch of Google searches where I was at, at school. Uh, and uh, you don't have a lot of time at, at test pilot school. So uh, in between classes, I, you know, I would have five minutes, 10 minutes, and uh, I would do searches and every the majority of the searches would, you know, would return Vance Air Force and some type of RV, you know, you know, story or some fight about primer. Or, this is you, you know, goofing off at test pilot school. Yeah. In between my five minutes of class. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and, and that's, that was the introduction of, uh, 
primal wars and uh <laughs> hey the, the the little wheel is not in the right place it's it you know it belongs in the back or it belongs in the front or oh you know uh slider or tip up you know the, the standard debates that have been going on since mankind started building airplanes probably and they will continue so yeah that, you're, that you're was, flooring me with this uh you know for the people that don't know your background um i mean a, a little googling will bring up your name and the, the little bit I've found is, I think, uh, if this is right, you soloed at 16, private right. private cert at 17, instrument at 18, commercial at 19, and then you get an aerospace engineering degree, degree from the University of Tennessee, and then if you weren't uh, underachieving enough, then you go uh, into the United States Naval Test Pilot School. Is well, that- uh I guess the interview's done. You, you, you found that. So, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Now, I want to go into a little bit more of that. I mean, you know, at 16, me, I'm I'm trying to work out the chords to Stairway to Heaven, and I'm researching stuff to make pimples go away. And Oh, yeah. I, I think we had kind of a little different life journey. <laughs> well, I so I would say this. Um, I had uh, some... I had some opportunities when I was a kid, uh, based on my parents. Uh, they they worked hard and uh, they wanted us to have a better life. So and your dad's uh, a pilot, right? And my dad's a pilot. My mom's a pilot. So you grew up uh, they, around this. So you knew this. This was an option from the f- the first memories you had. Probably were right. airplane toys. So you right, always right. had this as an option. It it was an option uh, at some point, you know, early on and. Uh, you know, just like any other teenager, I, I did not take full advantage of it. Uh, I uh, came out of school and high school and uh, my parents gave me opportunities. Right. One of them was six months uh, between graduating high school to going into college. They said, all right, son, here's your shot. We're going to we're going to get you based on whatever you want to do. We're going to help you out with your pilot's license. So oh, man. I, you know, I know, right. So it's a gift that I did not take full advantage of. I, uh, I should have, uh, put my hands down a little bit more on the books and, uh, finish more ratings. But, uh, that well, those I mean, were the ones at 18. It's about, it's about, you know, music and beer and girls. Uh, uh yes. Uh, you know, uh, free education. It's uh, that's, that's pretty far down on the list for an 18 year old kid. It was, you know, all I wanted to do was, uh, you know, trying to find out how I fit in the world at that point. I wasn't thinking about studying or how, how hard uh, my parents have worked to give me and my siblings those opportunities. So if I could, you know, if I can go back in time, that's the one thing that I've always keep going back to that uh, I would be more appreciative of that time frame and uh, the opportunities my parents offer me. Well, yeah, I'm sure you told them that. Um, I think they know. <laughs> yeah. I've talked to them about it, but uh, you know, if I were in a hot tub, uh, as in that movie, hot tub machine, uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I would do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good God. What a lucky break. Uh, to have the parents you've got, and I, I know your parents live here in the in the North Texas area, and this is how I kind of got to, to meet Axel. I uh, we went and had lunch a couple times, and got to meet his father, a very nice man. Um, 
I got one more question in the uh, the RV column. Uh, kind of a, it's not much of a segue, but tell me an interesting story involving you and your RV. You know, someone you met on the ramp or something you saw that you wouldn't normally uh, have seen or done had you not been into the RV hobby. Oh, that's, it, man, that, that's a lot of them. Uh, a lot, a lot of stories. So, uh, well, we're, so let me, let me give you a couple. <laughs> so my first trip over to the Vans homecoming, um, I, I was getting fuel in my brand new to me RV4 that I purchased half, I have 50% ownership with another gentleman. Uh, first trip, long trip, I'm parked, getting gas. I leave the canopy open. Uh, and I start going inside the FBO to use the bathroom and I see the gentleman, uh, texting around the ramp and I hear the engine rev up and I know exactly what's about to happen. You know, he's doing a 180 and my airplane's about to get blasted. So I, yeah. I run out there, I grab the canopy and I close it just in time, you know, and, and I go back to the, uh, FBO. So the gentleman comes into the FBO and, uh, so it's him, myself, and some other gentleman sleeping on a chair. And I, I asked the gentleman that was just out in the ramp to be mindful of blasting other aircraft. You know, I was six hours away from home, and I didn't feel like getting stuck uh, because I lost canopy, you know. And uh, the gentleman didn't like that. Uh, he, you know, he said some things and uh, went about his way. And then... Uh, <laughs> The gentleman that was sleeping on the corner on the sofa raises his head, looks at me, gives me a grin, gives me a thumbs up, and goes back to sleep. It was the funniest thing, you know. <laughs> it was so funny. So that was one of them, you know. The, the other <laughs> one was a butt up. And that gentleman I, was Elton John. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know who it was, but it's it's ingrained in my brain. And. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere along my first long cross-country trip uh, on the new RV, uh, I get to New Mexico, and I don't know, there's this alien, just a blow-up alien just sitting in the FBO. It's purple, <laughs> and I, you know, I really like this alien. I, I got this fascination with aliens, so I talked to the lady behind the counter, and she's like, nope, not for sale. Uh, I said, yep. Yeah everything's for sale. Tell me how much. And she said, well, I can't sell it to you because it's not mine. It belongs to the owner of the FBO. So I told her, please give him a call. So she didn't want to. Eventually I was able to persuade her to give her a call. Uh, so she called the FBO manager. Uh, the gentleman said, all right, it's for sale. Give me five bucks. So I left five <laughs> bucks and left with a purple alien on the back of my brand new RV4. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and that alien was with me. The air shows everywhere, right? It gets the attention of kids. Five and, bucks. You know, yeah, five bucks for a purple <laughs> alien, right? You know, uh, here's another one. Just uh, last story. Uh, yesterday, I called someone uh, because I needed a part, and I was just researching, right? And I called the gentleman, talked to him for a while, and he said, "You know, I don't know if you if you remember me, but." You helped me out uh, a long time ago, and I didn't have a clue who this gentleman was, but he, he told me that uh, I sent him a, a tailwheel when he was trying to figure out something about his RV4, and then uh, he remembered me. So there okay. you go. Small world, how, uh, you know, I helped someone, and then someone's probably going to help me out 
years later and I didn't even have a recollection and this gentleman remembered. Yeah. So those are a few, I know you asked for one, but there's just a few. I mean, there's just so, so many of them. I mean, this is just, uh, it's a lifestyle now, right? It's, it's a lifestyle. Not, I know. Yeah, I know. And the yeah. solutions just kind of find you. I've, I've found. Yeah. Well, let's go on. I got a, I got the middle section here, the speed round. Uh, you got the questions in front of you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, secret talent. I can wiggle my ears. <laughs> Weirdest job you've ever had. That's got to be I your was, current job. No, I was a shoe salesman. Shoe salesman? Shoes. Yeah, I was oh. Al Bundy. Al Bundy for a long time. No kidding. Soul shoes. Wiggle ears. Do Does wiggling the ears help in selling shoes? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I ever pulled that trick, but... Uh, it's it's one of my wife's favorite tricks. You know, that's that's the we're having you know, we're out having a good time and she'll look at me and on command ask me to wiggle my ears. I, oh, I can do it every time. That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, guilty pleasure. Uh I do enjoy a very hot mocha. Hot mocha. What never fails to make you laugh? Uh farts. Farts. It gets me every time. Yeah, yep, me too. Yep. God, I'm I'm ten years old. What food or drink will you never eat or drink again, and why? Well, I won't ever, ever, ever try cottage cheese. The texture and just, <laughs> just the way it looks, uh, everything about it is just not normal and should not be, uh, it should not exist. Yeah, the word curd should be a curse word. Yeah. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, so, so this one, uh, you know, I would like to make everyone get along in the world. You know, no fighting, no hating each other. That if if I could have that one superpower, that that would be it. The power of the dude. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, best advice you ever got. So this one's serving me well. Uh, when I started working, I got this advice, and it was uh, keep your nose clean, don't piss people off, and uh, you can go far. That's a good one. Worst advice you ever got. It's only legal if you get caught. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've used that a couple times myself <laughs> to some young uh, young folks. So we'll see how that turns out. There you go. Something you wish you were better at. Time management. Yeah, me too. Uh, any outside of RV interests? Uh, I like doing a lot of adventures with my wife. So if we can uh, get into adventures, you know, whether it's just to get out of the house, it doesn't matter. You yeah. know, you used to race, do, you, do you still race motorcycles? Uh, no. So I sold all the motorcycles uh, to finance my aircraft hobby. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which was a good decision. So good decision. yeah, I did that for many years. And uh, so now, yeah, now it's uh, maybe that should be a question uh, that we should add to this stuff. It's like, what did you sell to or give up to start this hobby? And for me, it was a I was I built a telescope, and uh, you grind the mirror and do all the the grinding and stuff and doing the math to get the parabola right on the mirror. Anyway, I'd bought a, a 16 inch mirror blank to build a another bigger telescope, and I sold that uh, piece of glass 16 inches wide uh, to buy a pneumatic squeezer <laughs> to start my RV hobby. Wow, that's a uh... That's an interesting swap. Yeah, a big piece of glass for a pneumatic squeezer. <laughs> wow, that 
I don't I don't even know how you even began to uh shape a it's weird. You can you can Google it. It's a, it's it's a hobby. It's a thing. It's called amateur telescope making. And you buy two pieces of glass and you you basically put uh, carborundum of various grits on it with water and you you walk around it by do, by doing this little back and forth uh, wiggle. And over time and the law of averages, you get this beautiful curve. And then when you get wow. the curve to the way you want it, you know you make it wet and you reflect sunlight in it uh, up underneath it like a the awning of your house and you, you measure it with a ruler. And when you get it the length you want, then you start using the finer and finer carborundum grits and you start the process of smoothing it out. But I mean, it's a, it's a hobby, you know, it's, it's nerd one Oh one. It's a well, pretty neat stuff, but you end up with a, with a nice telescope and you built it. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a Newtonian and that's, Pretty awesome. Uh, I think you should have not painted your airplane and just went through the grids of uh, new polish. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, all those grids and did the same thing with your airplane. Yeah, I'm not that cool. Okay, let's see. We got uh, any organization or charity would you like to plug? Uh, so I, I like to plug you, your uh, website. Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, You're a sweet. No, seriously, the, the website. Uh, in, in combination with the uh, RV airplane has changed my life, has changed my wife's life. So well, me too, uh, man. I, I'm right I, there I've, with you. I've not, you know, when I started, I knew nothing. Uh, and it was really, really scary. Uh, I, I'm, I'm talking like scary to the point where you don't want to take that jump. Right. Yeah. Not, not only, not only because of knowledge wise, but, uh, you know, financially, but, the the knowledge part uh, I gained through a lot of research on vans and you know and and, and reading a lot of manuals and stuff like that. But uh, being able to quickly do a search on on vans and find answers and uh, and see examples, right? So it's a big deal, and there's a lot riding on it. Yeah. So the examples were were really really crucial sure. in in kind of guiding what I liked, what I didn't like. Uh, well, you know, Sam and, Buchanan was a few, maybe a year ahead of me, and he was documenting his build. And I would print out all the pictures that he had done, and I had them in a three-ring binder notebook, and I'd take it to work. And and in my breaks, I would look at the preview plans, and, you know, I was right there with you. I'm like, how do I do this? I don't know. Well, Sam just did it, so let's see what Sam did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, great, it's a great way to get things finished. Well, thank you for the kind words on the, on the plug. It means a lot. Well, I wouldn't say if it wasn't true. Well, so segueing into uh, another fart-like joke, using <laughs> your first pet as your first name and the street you grew up on as your last name, what would be your porn star name? My porn star name will be Flaps Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and a mine, you know, ironically, is uh, Holden McGroin. <laughs> <laughs> That one sounds a lot better. No, my mind was, uh, it's actually Princess Clinton, but Holden McGroin sounds better. Okay, oh, we're, in the, we're in the last part, the remainder. And if you got your questions, what aviator, past or present, would you like to have dinner with? My dad. Oh, my God, Axel, you're killing me. This is awesome. When, is, when are you coming to town, man? Oh, don't, don't, don't say, but when you do, I, let's, I, let's get I, together and... Uh, I want to go out to lunch again with your dad and you. 
Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know when I'll be back over there, but yeah, that would be my choice. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, we know you soloed at sixteen. What kind of plane was it? And where was it? And did anything interesting happen? So it was a Cessna one fifty with a hundred and probably 0.5 horsepower of <laughs> screaming horses, you know, uh, on a cold so, day. Yeah. 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 So that was one of those, uh, where in, uh, in Tennessee in Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. Um, and, uh, the interesting thing that happened. So I don't know if this happens to everyone on their solo, right? Something interesting, but, uh, I remember, uh, so my old man and I went out, and did a couple touch and goes and he finally gets out of the airplane and says all right you got it give me five touch and goes and i look at him like hey you asked everybody else for three you're asking me for five <laughs> you know what's going on here he's like give me five five good ones so all right so my old man gets out starts walking and you know i i do three and uh, by third one, I'm like, holy crap, you know, uh, if I don't do something right here, I could potentially hurt myself. I got two more to go. No pressure. So on the last one, uh, I'm a beam numbers and uh, there's someone that calls final. Right. And, I, and they call like six mile final and I'm a beam <laughs> the numbers. Right. I'm like, come on. Uh, I think I got this. So, you know, here I go. Beam the numbers. Uh, and that. Uh, come in and do my touch and go well this time it was my, my last one right so it's the last one out of the five touch and goes and uh i land taxi back you know i'm happy you know this accomplishment uh and my parents are there and my dad goes you just cut that guy off and i was thinking to myself he was six miles out you know it shouldn't be a problem uh so in the celebration, you know, I get buckets of water as a tradition, you know, uh, back from uh, early aviation, I guess, from what my dad tells me. But it turns out that the person that was six miles out was a twin engine aircraft that was really fast. And I misjudged the airspeed on the final. And I uh, I jumped in front of him. And apparently a six mile final for a twin engine is OK. And uh I yeah. cut him off and he did a go around and, uh, I never, <laughs> I never saw the guy, but, uh, he's probably talking about the, you know, the student pilot in the one fifty that cut him off at, We've all you know, been somewhere there. on. Yeah. So that was, that was the interesting thing that happened there. Tell me about a time that you had a problem in the air of any aircraft and what you did about it. Uh, so in the early ages or early times of H1, Z, the new uh, Cobra upgrade, um, the the aircraft were you know being tested and they had they had some problems. So we were kind of spring loaded to uh, to warnings and cautions and things like that. So uh, we were flying and we got a caution for the ninety degree transmission, the tail tail rotor transmission. Yeah, and uh, so we executed emergency landing. Landed on the side of the highway, uh, and we spent basically the majority of the day on the side of the highway while uh, the maintenance crew came out to uh, to check out the aircraft. And turned out it was just a you know a thermocouple type you know wiring that was uh, was loose, and you know airplane was fine, you know no no issues with the helicopter at all. Uh, 
but you know we did shoot a emergency uh, approach to the side of the road and uh happens to be that a lot of people were coming back from vegas and uh seeing a helicopter on the side of the road was uh, kind of cool so in a, the uh, think five hours yeah in the five hours that we waited uh on the side of the road for a rescue crew uh we talked to a lot of people but uh that's that's the one that uh it it was pretty it was over pretty quickly because uh I think we're around 200 feet, just cruising around. So uh, dumped the collective and uh, landed fairly quickly. So that was probably executed within 30 seconds or something like that. Pretty cool. So for the people that don't know what you do at your day job, uh, talk about it. Uh, tell me what you can tell. I know a so, lot of it's classified, so you can't really talk about everything. But anyway, you're a civilian. You're not a military guy. So tell, right. tell what you do and how you got there. Well, so uh, I'm involved in flight tests, uh, so I've been able to do flight tests in uh, high performance, fixed wing, rotary wing, uh, also UAVs. Uh, I've just been lucky in my career. Uh, you know, it's it's back to that piece of advice, you know, don't keep your nose clean, don't piss anybody off, right? So I've been able to do that, I guess, and I've gotten some opportunities that uh, I've been able to capitalize on, so... You're a 22-year-old kid, and you get a – somebody says you can be a test pilot if you apply to this thing, and you, you apply to it, and then down the road, you're flying – I don't know. Am I allowed to say what you fly? Yeah, so I'll say this. The, uh, the opportunity was uh, – you know, I, I went to school, became an engineer. I was interviewed um, in college based on uh you know how recruiters go around right so right. I, I just happened to go to this interview and sign up and they they told me hey uh you're an engineer we have a program where um if you apply yourself you could potentially uh do some things that we don't you know not a lot of people get to do right and uh, one of them was uh, to to be able to conduct flight tests in high performance aircraft right and out of that, also potentially the opportunity to go to test pilot school, right? So I said, sign me up for that. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, they called me back and uh, I took the job. And and now, um, now it's been the, you know, it, it's the best thing I've did career-wise. But at the time, it was one of those that uh, choices that I didn't know how I was going to turn out it was just one of those like well i'm taking a big step here and someone's saying i could have opportunities but i don't know how i'm going to get to those opportunities if uh if i don't take the first leap right kind of like the rv right just same same way right so i i don't know what i don't you gotta have faith that the good stuff will come yeah if i don't take that first step uh i'm not ever gonna know if i could or so you've flown a so you've flown a cobra and right flown uh cobra and uh, a bunch of other cool stuff and uh the uh and 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 quadcopters too you know kind of uav stuff that's uh that it's just all over the place it's kind of crazy how it's turned out you know um so it's a good job yeah you know it's a good job and now um unfortunately you know other people deserve the chance too right we need to be able to uh keep improving stuff and 
the, the next crop of engineers and test pilots and, and that, you know, well, and always you, you, come, come through. And You talk about setting goals and you talk about, you know, walking the walk. And, and I know one of your coworkers kind of got a promotion, uh, I think, was it last year? The, the, what was the lady's name? Uh, well, uh, her name is Jasmine. Jasmine. I just know her yeah. call sign. Yeah. So Jasmine, a uh, good friend of ours. Uh, we have a, a close knit of, uh, of friends and Jasmine, her last name is Mobelli. Uh, and um, some may recognize that our call sign is Jaws. So Jaws is now uh, in training over at NASA in Houston to become the next, uh, you know, next class of astronauts. So she's hopefully uh going to the moon or going somewhere else, Mars, I don't know, going around in space. I'm not sure, but uh, it is pretty cool to get pictures once in a while of her in her suit. 20 years ago, I think I may have mentioned this in another episode. I, I, I sent away for the mission specialist application package. I was working in a cube and, uh, you know, the, the Steve Martin comedy bit, I, uh, I only, I, the only thing I got right was my name and the date of birth. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the funny thing about that is, um, when you're in this business, you kind of surround yourself with a, with a bunch of smart folks and, uh, it, it kind of, it's kind of scary, but you know, at the same time you, you see people succeed and, and do good things. Right. And I remember when that, that whole process came about for the applications and she was going around work asking uh, people, Hey, you need to apply for this. And uh, so she asked me and uh, another gentleman uh, in the, uh, in, in the shop, you know, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's apply. And I told her it's kind of the same thing you just said, Doug. I'm like, no way, you know, uh, I, I can't, I can't compete. Right. Uh, Basically, I will get my name right. That's yeah. just like you said. So, but she she wanted to do it, so she did it, and um, and, and good honor. She's good honor, she's man. there now. Yeah, so Holy she's there crap. now. Uh, so we know she's Jaws, and your call sign is. So my call sign is Ass Clown. Ass Clown. Ass Clown. Uh, How'd you my get mom, it? My mom loves it. My wife loves it. She was Mrs. Ass Clown at Tesla <laughs> School. Your mom a big uh, office space fan is she well no she just thinks it's funny she thinks <laughs> she thinks it puts me in my place i guess i'm, I'm not quite sure but she like laughs it. every time when you so, on my phone uh, you're you're not in my phone as axel you're in my phone as ass clown so oh, when you boy. call it says ass clown and i show it to my wife and we just kind of giggle <laughs> so that 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 came about because uh the majority of the time I've been the youngest, one of the youngest to show up somewhere uh, based on opportunities. And I happen to be uh, one of the youngest uh, kids there uh, at 28, 29. Uh, so I didn't know much. Um, I just knew I was there and uh, something was going to happen. And that something was was TBD. And I didn't have the experience some of the other folks had. So I, I just didn't know much about just things in general. So uh, one of the F-14 guys at the time watched the movie Office Space. And 
apparently I was a no talent ass clown and that's, <laughs> that's how that came about. So yeah, oh my uh, God. I believe I'm just like Michael <clears throat> Bolton, a no talent ass clown. I do so love that go. movie, man. I love me some office space. Yeah. Okay. If you could fly one more time, knowing that it's your last flight and that you could choose any plane past or present, what would it be? Um, I'm going to have to say dilemma. My, uh, my RV, the, the your, RV that I have now. Yeah. Your RV4, good choice. What aviation milestone are you most proud of? So I think this one uh, I'm most proud of. Uh, so I bought my first airplane. It was a Cessna 140, 1946. Great airplane. Uh, so I bought that, and I didn't have my tailwind endorsement. So I talked to my dad, and he said, okay, well, let's let's see if we can get you there so uh i bought the airplane on ebay (laughs) seriously on ebay buy now didn't look at it or anything you know it was like all right that looks good uh buy now so i bought it on ebay show up uh pick up the airplane with my dad uh and then we started going across country and uh we made it to California. I learned a lot. And then I used that same airplane that I spent some time with my dad across country to propose to my wife oh, uh, within, within, uh, you know, within the week. So, I, you know, I needed to get my priorities right. You sure. Know? So buy airplane. On eBay. Propose. Yeah, wiggle yeah, ears. On eBay. Yeah. 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 All that stuff. So I think that's it. You know, uh, the, the, the whole experience with my dad and then using the airplane to propose to my wife and all that. I think oh that's, my God. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfect. Jeez, man. We should end on that, but I got one more question. That was a beautiful one. What's next on your aviation horizon? Uh, so next, uh, let's see. I'm building a formula one. Uh, that's right. Plane. Talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I've been, uh, building, parts of it with a couple of my buddies and build the wing out of carbon fiber. We, uh, we went uh, over to Craig Cato's place and used his facility and some molds. And the wing was designed by Paolo and uh, there's four of those wings now and the molds have been destroyed. So I got the last wing and we, uh, we built it. In about three weeks, we built a wing and a tail. Um, but I was working 14 to 16 hours a day uh, for for a long time. So yeah. that that's uh, that's one of the things there. The I'm hoping to start racing Formula One at some point if I can, you know, get rid of some of the other projects I'm working on. Sure. But uh, carbon fiber wing fiber tail and it's going to use a cassette frame uh and then the other thing that it's next on the horizon is air show season uh so the rv has allowed my wife and i to meet people all over you know and the airplanes have been doing shows all over the u.s and uh, we did a show in canada so the new air show season we're hoping to get some some more exposure out there and, uh, and more fun because, uh, you know, we have fun. And then my whole goal is to interact with the, with the kids on the crowd and kind of 
you know, give them a little bit of uh, example of what they can accomplish, sure. you know, and usually sure. spent, you know, I, I, I go around the crowd usually and uh, my wife and I, you know, go around and we just pick kids at random, usually, you know, kids that have a, a hat that's too big for their, you know, for their head or, you know, their, you know, their shirts on all crooked backwards or, you know, they're full of boogers, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just some kid that stands out of the crowd, you know, and I, we just go up to him, talk to the kid, draw him some type of character, uh, and, you know, like an airplane or helicopter character and, you know, just trying to get their attention so they can you know, be involved in aviation, maybe mass, mass sciences and things like that. So that's, that's what's next. I love it. I love it. Well, Axel, man, you're a good guy. Uh, young kid, local kid, does good, can wiggle his ears, likes yeah. kids with boogers. <laughs> yeah, something like that, Doug. Oh, man. Hey, next time you come to town, please give me a call, and, and we'll go to Heart 8 Barbecue again, and, and your dad's a good guy, and I want to see him again. And, and man, thanks for taking the time. I know you're, you people don't have a lot of free time these days, so. It means a lot that you spend time on a Saturday morning talking with me. And, and I thank you for your friendship and for uh, documenting the things you do and being the person you are and setting the bar so high. Uh, well, I, I appreciate the, the time you uh, are spending right now with me because uh, it's it's both of our times, right? That's You got it. Uh, it's like Spicoli mentioned, right? What's that line? It's, isn't it? It's our time. Our time. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. <our> Hand. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's end it on that. Okay, buddy. Give your wife a big hug for me. Thank you again. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you down the line. See you, Doug.